walking the Boston streets with the funniest kid that you ever did meet. His boy said big things are coming your way, so Bob packed up his talents and headed to L.A. Talking shit with Bubba. Oh, yeah. Chances. All right, so this is episode 14 of Talking Shit with Bubba. Welcome back. Like we do always, we start off with some Boston sports 14s. We got Bob Cousy, one of the best, most original point guards of all time that was the assist man before the John Stocktons and the Chris Pauls and all that. And we had, you know, Jim Rice, Beast, could have hit big home runs, great telecaster, you know, arguably a baseball legend. You know, 14 is a great number, you know. Um, speaking of num- sports, the NBA draft was last night. Celtics didn't get anyone special. We'll see. You never know if someone's going to be special or not when you draft them, but we'll see what happens. But the thing I noticed the most is that every single dude immediately when they got drafted cried. And I'm a, don't get me wrong. I cry while watching America's Got Talent when people achieve their dreams. You know what I mean? But I'm not, I'm not one to hate on dudes achieving their dreams, but I think this is like symbolic of something greater for the times. Like This is like a toxic masculinity shift. Like 10 years ago, maybe one dude cried, maybe two. Most of them were like, yeah. You know, most of them were pumped up, smiling, high-fiving their boys. And now all of them cry because it's okay to cry in 2020 as a man. It's okay to cry as a 6'10 male in 2020, and that's a beautiful thing. But it still kind of bothered me because I'm old school. You know, I was like, dude, shut the fuck up. You didn't even play a game yet, and you're crying? You know what I mean? Like showing weakness before you even get on the court. But that's my toxic masculinity talking to my subconscious. So let these kids live. I'm excited to see what these crybabies do in the big league. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, it's been, a, it's been a crazy time. We're going back into lockdown in L.A. We don't even know what lockdown means anymore. They said they were locking us down. Now they're not. Now they're going to try to lock us down again. I'm a believer that at the beginning, I was like, if they, don't, if they lock us down and then let us out, they're not going to be able to lock us down again. No one's going back inside, dude. Like, it's just not going to fucking happen. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I've kind of been inside the whole time, aside from work. Like, I don't really associate with strangers, period. You know what I mean? But I don't think this is going to work, to tell you the truth. So we'll see, man. New president coming once this fucking orange lunatic gets out of here. Um, you know, maybe things will change. Maybe we'll all get a couple dollars so we can survive. Or we'll all just be in the street like fucking anarchy and the purge. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. There's new curfews right now. 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Do you think that does anything, or do you think it's I think it makes normal people say I should go home, and I think it stops, like, super spreader, like, house parties and shit, you know, for the most part, unless you're an asshole. You know what I mean? And I, I think it does. Dude, I'm, all, I'm a gambling man, man. I'm all about odds. I'm all about numbers. I'm all about, like, we can't do any of this perfectly. None of this is actually going to work. All it's going to do is just save a couple lives and tone the shit down a little bit and i guess that's all we can do at this point you know what i mean because we mishandled the situation to such a high degree whatever man we're all sick of talking about coronavirus the shit's not inspiring it's not deep it's not awesome it's the same old bullshit we're all in this fucking matrix of shit with no money coming in we're trying to figure out a way to survive and be artistic and be good family members and good parents and good brothers and good members of fucking society in a world where our president's a fucking donkey and people fucking wear masks and sneeze on each other and want to fight i mean this is a crazy place we're living in man but you know on this podcast we like to talk about things that are more inspiring and influential and funny and piss you off and uh you know i'm really excited about this episode because the guest this week is someone who's a good friend of mine but also had, had we had a long working relationship and i never thought i'd be like in an interview type of situation normally i'm the guy that was you know making sure that people that were talking to him were asking the right questions and 
you know, saying the right things. And, and to be honest with you, from working with this guy for years, I know that he doesn't do interviews. He doesn't do many, you know, hearing his perspective or his thoughts or digging a little deeper who he is as an artist is not a, is a rare thing. So I feel uh, grateful and honored and, and uh, I feel like this is a respect for me that you coming on this and that, and that means a lot to me. And, uh, you know, so my guest this week is, is my man, Chami. Um, Hey, great dude. Welcome, man. Welcome to talking shit with Bubba. I mean, there's, if there's anything you've done a lot of in your life, it's talked shit with Bubba. Oh yeah. I've done a lot of talking shit with you. Is It's mostly me talking shit and you listen. And me listening to your shit yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, you know, so, I mean, we travel the world together, man. We've done mm-hmm. a lot of things together. We've seen a lot of places. We've eaten a lot of meals. We've shared a lot of stories. We've missed a lot of planes, fucking sat in a lot of cramped cars. Like, I mean, we, that we've done a lot, but we've also fucking been on the biggest stages in the world watching you achieve your dreams at the highest level. Yeah. I mean, how has it been? I know how it's been for me because I've like kind of stepped back from the music stuff and the t- touring stuff even before. I mean, I know I was on tour with you before the pandemic, but like, how has it been for you going from what we used to be like festival every weekend, different plane, going to a different place, then coming home, getting a little rest, then going back out to now just being like home? It was mentally brutal. We were in the, in the middle of, of the elevation, elevation tour. And we just stopped. Uh, we didn't even play to the biggest, uh, um, one of the biggest shows that we have planned. It was in Chicago. Yeah. And I remember that we were on the tour bus, in the tour bus. And, and you gave, I think that was Theo that gave us the, the, final, <laughs> the final, final news that we are going home. Yeah. And that was, that was brutal, honestly. It was brutal, man. And none of us knew what that meant. For any of no. us, and obviously for different people, it's different. Like you're the artist, so it's different for you going home and like what that means for you. And yeah. then like people like us who, who like kind of work and you know our lifestyle is different than a regular employee of a regular business. But we mm. essentially like that's like a paycheck, you know. Yeah. So our jobs were done, and like that your job was done for the time being. You know what I mean? And it's like for me, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I agree. You know what I mean? Like, it made me do this. I can relate to that, yeah. You know, it made me yeah. do this. It made me do create something in crowd. It made me take my comedy more seriously. It made that be the priority, you know? But financially, it's been a brutal time, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and also, like, you know, just people don't realize when you tour for a living how, like, going back to normal life isn't just the thing that's easy to do. It's destabilizing. Yeah, it's like it's we're not used to it. No, you know, like it's like it's like I don't know if it's an adrenaline or like I don't know what it is, but you get your mind gets used to like these highs and lows, and these highs and lows, and these new places and go and new and this exhaustion. You know what I mean? And like it just becomes normal. So mundaneness is strange. Yeah, it's just a way of life, and as as human beings, we are uh, we're just adapting to any situation, I think, and the artist artist life and touring life is uh is is just one amongst others and i think it's it's one of the hardest thing that to come back home and just chill and just figure out what's what's next what to do now you you can't be on tour you for me that that was just the time to make more music and reflect on myself and i i did a lot of a lot of other music than what i'm used to 
doing be doing. So that was a very positive time for me as well. Do Do you think from this experience of being home for so long, so consistently? since becoming the artist that you are obviously you were home for a long time before you became charming right and you were making music for years yes but like now i was quarantined for yeah for a lot of time <laughs> you were quarantined for a decade oh. before you became oh, more, you more than that you, more than that you were in a studio drinking red bulls oh you're european so it's like you were drinking like coffee or something you know yeah we have red, red bulls i know i know i'm not saying i'm just saying you guys you're you're not like americans who suck down monsters and fucking mountain dews you know what i mean you guys are probably drinking something a little more classy than that a little more traditional like a tea or something don't fool yourself yeah all right fair enough maybe i'm being ignorant now i'm like putting you guys at a french pedestal you know what i mean i appreciate that you guys like to be up there though so it's all good you know what i mean but but but, but you know after being who you are as an artist then going back to this do you do you think from your experience during this time, were you more inspired being still or more? Or you think you got more inspiration as a musician being traveling and getting like new things put in front of you? No, I think it's very hard to, to be productive and efficient when you, when you travel. I need my, I need my sleep. I need some, some sense of organization in my life to be able to, to, to create something valuable. But at, and something needs to happen as well. It's like I'm creating music, so I'm not writing, writing words, but a lot of my music comes from, I would say, struggles or things that I'm, I, I don't think they're right yeah. and I want to correct. So it's inner struggles. Same with me as a comedian. Right. And that's the, yeah, that's the beauty of art. And once you understand, it's a, it's a way, it's a therapy. It's a way of understanding yourself and discovering who you are. And uh, being home was very, very appreciated on my end. I, I feel like, I feel, I mean, this is my experience and we'll see if you had sim a similar one. And I think by me knowing a lot about your music that this might be the case to, for you as well, is that I think that when you're traveling on the road, it definitely inspires you and sparks like pretty surface ideas. Absolutely. Maybe like a fun, like it, yeah. I, it's like a fun joke or a fun record or like a vibe, right? You got it. But yeah. like the re the reflection and the internalization you do inside your home and inside your mind is what makes the things that like are great. Yeah, I can yeah. I can start a, an idea or two ideas a day if I want on tour, but I would push myself. I, I'm I'm not against that. It's fine, but to finish one song, it's for me, it's impossible to do it on tour. Impossible. Yeah, so you like it's kind of fleeting. Like you can get the, you can get inspired to get an idea down, but like to to put in the work that it takes to cross that finish line. It's like the focus isn't there when you're moving around that much. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Same. I think that's the same for comedy. Like comedy, I get up, you know, being out in the world, I get sparked an idea. I write it in my phone, but I'm not going to write the actual joke. I'm going to write mm -hmm. the idea. Mm -hmm. But the joke comes from the sit down and the and the pen to the paper and the deep reflection on that thought. And Absolutely. Like the digging through that thought to unfold what it's going to be, you know? And it's interesting how like no matter what our form, they're all kind of like similar process. I'm sure other people have a different process, but mm -hmm. some other people, but I think most people have probably that type of process where like the world inspires them and then the reflection gets gets the gets to where they want it to be. Yeah, I think so. Dude, more than anything, and this isn't just because I worked with you and you're my friend, 
more it's like dude your your album year zero that you just put out is incredible man thank you it exceeded my expectations for you not that you know obviously you've made great records uh, as Chami, as just a producer on other people's records, I mean, you made, you've had your hand in some of the biggest records in the uh, in the world. You know what I mean? And I mean, I wasn't really, I didn't know what to expect, knowing you were going to do your first real album, you know. But I think that you you made a body of work that's like a story and is like cohesive, even though all the records are different. You know, like, yeah. well, none of the records are anyway the same, but like, I feel like they all kind of like fit the same like if, if your album was a person you know what i mean like it would be like oh this person mm-hmm. this person makes sense even though they did had a lot of different experiences you know what i mean and i think that that's hard to come by especially in 2020 man you know like in 2020 it's like make a hit record or like yeah. make a record that'll bang at the club or make a record that'll hit at a festival like this very specific direction that people steer mo records in and like ideas in to get a certain result they get to the like this is some aa like higher power like tranquil shit it's like they they try to get they worry about the result first Mm -hmm. they don't let the like record make the result you know like they go like this is what i'm trying to attain and that motivates their work and i know that you're not that no i'm all for happy accidents yeah and I would just sit around and jam for for thirty minutes, maybe maybe just ten minutes, and lay down some chords or a melody, and um, like try to fusion, like to 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 melt uh, two ideas with a uh, with one another, and that's just my that's just my process, and it, it's uh, I don't I never make plans on what to do, what's what type of songs I want to do, and uh, it's. To me, it's boring. Yeah, it's but that's just that's just me. Well, you're authentic, man. You know, and and just because you're art, an artist doesn't mean you're authentic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and and you can tell the difference. You know, and some people make records just to be hits, and they got it down to a science. And they mm-hmm. make a ton of money, and and more power to them. And I'm fine with that. And I, I think it's good for them. And it's it's a it's a good way to to if 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 this is you you just got to do what you are meant to do yeah some people approach the entertainment business and the artist you know whatever genre whether it's comedy or music or or filmmaking or writing or uh, some people do approach it as a business perspective mm. like they don't care about the artistry they don't they just care about the result and they care about what the what the wave is at the time and they're like i'm gonna play to this wave and i'm gonna maybe get a little ahead of the wave but use the wave you know what i mean like and that's you've always been authentic to you and you i mean you basically created the genre you you create the wave you create You you were talking about riding the wave but i think being an artist is about creating the wave creating your own wave yes. more than anything i mean that's what that's that's what great artists do and that's a respected artist do and i think that you've been known for doing that throughout your career you basically i mean certain people will say i mean i'm not the biggest electronic not the you i hate the word edm because that's the shittiest term ever mm-hmm. but like, i'm not the biggest across the board electronic fan but i do know from working in the genre that you know you Basically, people credit you with creating almost your own genre of electronic music to a certain degree. Yeah, that was uh, that's Future House. Yeah, and that and I mean being able to like create music in an overall genre of music that that people end up saying like that's not any of that. That's this other shit. That's that. 
Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of artists can say that they, through creating what they felt was what they wanted to create, create people credited them with their own genre. And guess what? That wasn't on purpose. That's what I'm saying. First of all. And I think at the end of the day, people just, they love your shit or they don't. And they recognize that you are some kind of, for me, it was like I was, for, I wasn't aware about Future House being a genre at all. It's like three months after I named my, my tracks on SoundCloud when I was releasing the first, uh, the first batch of, of songs and I named them, the genre was Future House. So I came up with the name. I've seen it somewhere maybe, but people thought that was a genre. That's the funny thing. I was, I was, my intention wasn't to make an, uh, a genre. Uh, my intention was to make some house music, but with new elements. That's what I called it, future house. Yeah, you, would, you would whatever just... house, whatever house you want to to do, but with some some uh, a futuristic twist, something that 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 has never been um, melt with. You were just trying to steer, like, get people in the right perspective. Like, yeah. yo, this is house music, but this is some future. Sh- this is like the next Absolutely. shit of house music. Absolutely, you weren't like this is like call it this. You were just like this. You were trying to just give them the prerequisite, like that you were taking house to to another place. Yes, and honestly, I think most of my best records were born from a crisis, and I was doing a lot of stuff for other people at that time, and I said, screw it. I'm just gonna not not take any call, not respond to anyone, and I I just locked I, I was locked in my kitchen at that time, and I made all, all my all my songs like maybe the four or five first chammy tracks in that kitchen, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that was funny times. That's crazy, man. I mean, dude, I just I just hit a point in this quarantine for a bunch of different reasons. Like reflecting on my life and like, you know, people that listen to this podcast know I have a daughter and, you know, it's like, um, dude, I ended up like disclosing something about myself. I'm not going to talk about what it is on here. It's not the right platform Mm -hmm. right now or the right moment, but I ended up like looking at something about my life that I never wanted to look at, you know, and I ended up like sharing that with people really close to me and getting a response from like one person that wasn't great, but then I it like inspired me to like write jokes about it. You know yeah. what I mean? And this is like straight up like this is like deepest darkest secret. You don't tell anyone. Take it to the grave, type shit. And now I've written a joke about it that I'm gonna start doing. That's like people are gonna be like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like like I would have never expected that that's your life. I would never expect you to even talk about that. Like mm-hmm. it's like. And I think that that's like the moments as an artist that you're like, yo, this is what the fuck this shit's about. You know, you know what I mean? Like when just for me, just being able to talk about it and accept it and say it out loud and be like, fuck it, I don't care that people know. You know what I mean? And I'm gonna make people laugh with this experience and shit. Like, yeah. that, dude, that's what it's all about. It's about it's about people. To me, listening to music, you identify with it. Every artist mm-hmm. thing is an identification. Whether you're identifying with like I want to party, or you're identifying with like I want to feel sad, or I fell in love once, or you know whatever the message is of the record and the vibe. Same thing with jokes, man. And I think that that's like what it's all about is the identification between the person who made the music and the person who's listening to the music. You know what I mean? To me, 
you know yeah i i, I agree you want to you want to be relatable but you want to be true first it's it's that you 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 have to be true i think for me it's it's not it's just the only way to go you have to be true authentic and then art whatever music or 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 writing or any type of art you cho- you choose or you pick this has to be a sublimation of what's true i mean because if it's not true people can tell i mean the, yeah but some people don't care you know? some people don't care and that's cool and it's okay to each his own man yeah. you know um i mean aside from put out an album that's incredible called year zero i mean dude i have like new favorite records on that album every day I mean, my daughter loves that album. She like jams. She's a year old. She like dances to it. Shit, that's good. But like, you know, it's like I, I, you know, I have a lot of favorite records. You know, like the, you know, not your type of friends or whatever. I'm not good with titles. Ain't Um, that kind of friend. Ain't that kind of friend. Um, I mean, those are like my vibe. Maybe it's just the moment I'm in. Yeah, my shit. I mean, I like Heartless. I like the Gunner record. I mean, the Praise. They're all great. You know, in their own right. But those are like my my favorite ones at the moment. But I mean, you also work on other people's work you 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 had some credits this year on lady gaga's album yes i mean what what was i mean she's an icon you know a lot of people don't know the story though i mean we we're not going to go deep into the story it isn't your first time you worked on lady gaga records no it's not my first time was on art pop yeah so it's like you and your partners and snake and all that worked on lady gaga records way before that was that was before charmy ever existed Mm -hmm. right you were just martin bresso Put yeah, your, Martin Bresso. Put from, your touch on the records. From the studio. Yeah, no one knew who you were. With no beard, no yeah, hair. Yeah, you were just the guy that just yeah. did what you could do. And the, and that's what you guys were doing. You were moving towards something great. And then Snake explodes. And then you come up, and then you come up after. And, you know, the, the story's written. Yeah. But now you go back as your, as your, after being a big artist yourself and go back into working on a project that kind of like catapulted all of you guys into like the, people who you ended up being you know as mm-hmm. artists mm-hmm. like what was that like going even though there's no going back it's fucking lady gaga it's like one of the biggest arts of the planet it's, it's yes. a progression every chance you get it's fucking a progression of course right but because but, every every project project that she's working on is different from the last yeah so it's like but but having that experience of the first time mm-hmm. and then having this new experience like well, one kind of on your own, and after having this experience as being your own artist, like what was that like to go, just to like kind of come back to it? Was it like a nostalgic thing? Was it like a full circle type of situation? Like how, or did it just kind of not matter? And you were just like, I'm working on a Lady Gaga record. It was, it was everything you said. Honestly, it was a full circle, uh, kind of feeling, because um, I we were we weren't working with her at the first time. So we were in Paris uh, at our, our studio, cooking music all day, day and night. And we used to send, send music, send music, and wait for, for feedbacks. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the hard part. For this time, I was able to go to LA and, and do some sessions with her and, and her team. So yeah, that was completely different. That's and I, I, I prefer that way, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's, the way, that's when the magic happens, because that's yeah. genuine. You yeah. know, like when you just send something, like it's hard to like for a person to receive it exactly how you intended it to be, and them to like be in the same like mindset as you. But mm-hmm. when you're in the same room, I mean, magic can it, happen. Magic yeah. can happen, and everything goes fa- way faster. It's it's faster. I can because you make something. You don't have to wait for an email. 
24 hours later. That's that, that's not that's not magic. I mean, feel free to disclose or not disclose, but like I'm sure each record was probably different too. It's like, wish would you guys work on ideas musically, and then she'd come in and like so, add to it, or would she be like, I want to make a record like this, and then you guys question. Would perceive it and try to build something to it. Um, from what I know, it was her and Blood Pop, the producer. Uh, they made all the all the ideas together, Sick. piano and voice, and um, like pr- production, but not too much. And their idea was to call in a lot of dance um, house producers to refine the records. Oh, fire! So I ended up touching. Every record, every record. I had the opportunity to to be on every record. Crazy! It was crazy. They they opened they opened the vault for me, and f- yeah, that was that was a big moment for me. I realized that. Wild. Wow, this this is like you, when you realize that that you are I'm important here. It's like it's, it's that kind of moment. I can do it. Like my confidence w- went through the roof at that moment. Oh, it did. Yeah, that's crazy. Cause like it's almost like you didn't even notice that you could be that guy in that moment that they wanted to do that. Yeah, until absolutely. You were there. That's that's my that's my problem forever. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, dude. I mean, walk any artist in a room, and ninety percent of them will be, think that they're not as good as they are. Yeah, you know? like yeah that's, that's what art is. Like, like any cocky artist, like their shit isn't usually that dope. I mean, there's some cocky artists that are yeah. dope, but it's like. It's a superpower. Confidence is a superpower, my friend. I mean, I exude confidence everywhere I go, bro, but I haven't listened to one of these podcasts. Because mm-hmm. I'll cringe. Same. I'll cringe, bro. Same. I, I want to... Dude, like, I have to make co- I have to make content as a comedian and p- to put it out, and I don't want to look at it. Like I, like, I like I have to give notes for so it ends up being what I want it to be, like, creatively, and, like, what, what I'm trying to build. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want to look at it because no matter how... It came out. I think it sucks. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and I don't want to look at it at all. I could probably listen to these podcasts and come up with fifty jokes just from me talking, and I'll never get those moments back unless I listen to them. Yeah, I probably don't even know. I don't even know they exist right now. You know what I mean? Like, people bring up things from the podcast, like text me things in the podcast. I'm like, oh, I said that. Like, I have this is just a fucking stream of consciousness and a natural interaction. Like, I, I and I don't go back to it because I know that if I really like someone started playing my podcast at my job the other day, like as a joke. And when I heard, I was like, oh my God, what's that? Shut it off. You know what I mean? Like, and then they started manipulating. I don't know what they were doing, but they were doing something where it like mixed the voice. And then I was like, eh, 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 eh. and dude, it was actually was fucking hilarious. Like when they messed with the voice, I was like, yo, this is mad funny. But I was yeah. only able to listen to it and think it was mad funny because it didn't sound like me. Absolutely. That was my you know? point. That was my idea for you was you should listen to, to, your, to your stuff uh, with the, like the pitch down or, or the pitch up. Just simple things like that. That could, that could help. Yeah. I mean, I at least be able to listen to it because no matter what, I feel like. I mean, the point is you just never think you're as good. It, it, they say statistically, can you look this up, Clay? This is why we have Clay here. Mm-hmm. Well, amongst a bunch, bunch of reasons, but this is what he's great the at. fact checker. You know what I mean? It's like they say statistically that most pe- that you're perceived by the – I read this recently. You're perceived by the world to be like 20% more good attractive than you think of yourself. Like the world, however good looking you think you are, the world thinks like 20% better. I've heard that before, yeah. Is this – do you have something on this? 
I was going down a different thing. I was going back to imposter syndrome. And seventy oh. percent of people have imposter syndrome. But I, I is that normal people or artists? N- normal people, everybody. But I, I heard that if you walk down the street and like a clone of you passed you, you wouldn't recognize yourself. That's that, crazy. That's what I've heard because you like you see yourself so distorted in your own like perception that you wouldn't even recognize yourself walking like, past you. Distortion. Yep. That's that's the word. Well, man, you know, you deserved it. And you did it. Mm-hmm. And you're there. And, like, you'll do it again. I'll do it again and again and again. And that's, and that's like, the interesting... I mean, you don't know what people think of you until you're there. And you hear them say it. And, or they give you the opportunity. And, I mean, that's pretty spectacular, man. I mean, that's a big moment. You had a big year, man. You know? Like most did. dudes are having a small year. You're having a big year. Yeah. You yeah. Know, which, is, which is great, you know? Grateful for that. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you didn't take your foot off the gas and you weren't scared to release music in a time that you couldn't support it with festivals and shit like that, which a lot of dudes are fucking shook. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, a lot of dudes are scaredy cats. That's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or, or they're just like, but people need music now more than ever, They dude. need music now. That's my point. Dude, I'm listening I always, to more music now I always now say than that. Ever. People need music. They, that's, that's one of their main relief in life. If we don't provide that, what are, what are we doing? Yeah, I think people need it more. I mean, dude, look how much time you have on your hands. Like, if you're not listening to music, what are you doing? Like, I play music in the speaker outside for my daughter every morning. We bump music. Sometimes your album, sometimes other shit, sometimes like some old jazz, like whatever, man. But mm-hmm. like, if we didn't have new music, to, music to listen to, I mean, we can listen to old music, obviously, but people need new music, man. I think so. And you and and it looks like we're gonna be in the house long enough that you'll probably make another album before we come out. <laughs> You know what I mean? You That's, probably won't put one out, but you'll make enough records and enough ideas uh, that you probably could if you wanted to. Yeah, I've 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 made new records already. So after you put out a project, do you want a break, or are you like inspired by your own like momentum? It's weird. I feel like um, I'm gonna do a, a big break for because this album was not that like super intense i built this 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 project for maybe three years i started three years ago so that's my first baby so it's it's like you can take whatever time you want so nobody's going to blame you for for taking your time for your first album so i did take my time and i wasn't in the in the rush at all even even at the end when I was because I mixed and mastered the the project too, and that that's the thing. I'm so hands on that I couldn't send it to someone else. I know I should have, probably. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's but, it's like we already talked about this in a previous conversation. It's like I mean, that's like a two sided thing. It's like yeah, but it's, it's like it, it's incredible that you didn't. But then, like, who knows what would have happened if you did? Because you know, I have some mixing yeah. credit on on "Stupid Love," for example, for 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 Lady Gaga, and I know I can do this. If I do this for for her or for other people, I can do this for myself. And I, that was kind of a pride thing for me. I don't know if it's good or not. Yeah, I mean, it's. And I'm glad I did it. Dude, it's great. You know, I mean, it's hundred percent me. <laughs> What well let's talk about that. When you when you mix and master someone else's record, what's that like? Are you trying to affect the record at all? Or are you just like I'm just gonna make no, this I'm sound trying, as clear no. as possible? I'm trying to respect the You're trying to respect it. Oh yeah, it's all about respect. Respect the vibe. Don't 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 think that they are calling you to add your sound. No. They want basically they want 
to be the highest volume as possible most of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crank it up. And uh, Crank it up and make sure it sounds clear. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not that difficult. You need tools. You need to understand the the, the right tool that you have and what what each knob is doing. Have you ever been mixing and mastering a record or an album of someone else's and had an idea and pursued it? No. Like said, like yo, you should do this, and they were like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Oh, yeah, that happened. But I don't remember. I don't remember exactly the record. But yeah, yeah that that happened. Oh, fair enough. I just wonder if, like, you just think that's off limits to make a suggestion of something. It depends on your relationship with uh, with the other person. I got a question. I would like to hear both your perspectives, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're when you're creating, and especially for you, like, there's a lot of opportunities for collaborations and everything. Yes. Do you feel, and going back to, like, people listen to music, and they have, like, you could listen to music at any time. So you're not fighting for, like, a TV slot or anything. Like, when you're creating for yourself, do you feel competition with every other artist no other artists with yourself like how do you like are you in competition at all or is it just like you go and you make your happy <laughs> accidents or mistakes like you said there's a competition aspect for sure and i mean by that a healthy competition when i hear something that is so good i'm like what am i doing i thought i was i was in the big league like not not the big league this is not the good word for that but at some point when you are trained and when you when you you confident you say i'm at that level where i'm not afraid of anyone and then there's a there's somebody that you don't know about he comes with a banger of or something that is so intense or emotional that that touches you and and I, i'm sh- sometimes i'm shattered by 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 some some pieces of music like that and that puts everything in perspective for me. I mean, you, you already know where I stand. <laughs> I figure that you... I'm a fucking competitor, yeah. bro. I'm a tenacious competitor. I'm also an Irish Catholic alcoholic from Boston who's fucking drip gasoline in every vein of my body is resentment. You know what I'm saying? And my whole shit is about proving people wrong. And my whole shit's about being better than that dude, and like you know, you know, not like be- just when it comes to like I, I'm just a competitor. I'm an athlete. Like yeah. I grew up like playing sports, and like was never the most athletic dude. I want to compete, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, but I, but I don't do that in a disrespectful way. Like I want to, in my head, I, I want to be one of the greats. I can be one of the greats. I am one of the greats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever I think I can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and but the people that come before me that are on the level that I aspire to be, I don't like compete with them like in a disrespectful way. I'm like, yo, I need to do, I need to take what that dude's doing and apply it to my own shit. Like I'll give you a perfect example. The story I told earlier about writing a joke that I never wanted to write and like touching a subject that I never wanted to touch. It's like, dude, that came from me watching the comedy store documentary and Louis CK talked about how people like, yo, your, your jokes are very like, are about topics that are crazy. Like you push the boundaries, you talk about things that are uncomfortable, you talk about shit that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. And he was like, don't people think that you're like overstepping the bounds? And don't get me wrong, this dude's a creep. He did some creepy shit. He got in a lot of trouble for it. I'm not identifying with this guy's lifestyle, but I am identifying with this moment that he shared wisdom on a thing that I watched. And he said, when I look at topics that pe- other people will think, I don't, I'm paraphrasing. 
when he looks at topics that other people are afraid of and say they're you know that you shouldn't talk about them or they're off limits, he's like mm-hmm. that's like saying a disease doesn't deserve a cure. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, bro, that shit made my fucking head explode. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, like that's what this is about. You know what I mean? Like that's what this is about. This is about like digging to the deepest part of yourself and fucking bringing it out. You know what I mean? Because- and you 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 are highlighting the 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 content. And I would like to highlight the form because he found the, the the least the least amount of words to express an idea that you that you instantly connected with. That's that's magic to me, dude. I ran in the room, grabbed the fucking notebook, wrote the joke. Like I literally paused the fucking TV, went in the room, wrote the joke about the deepest, darkest fucking secret of my entire life, and I'm like, this is gonna crush. Yeah, and I all of a sudden. Dude, two months before, I didn't, wouldn't tell anybody about it. Mm-hmm. It just happened that I had just opened up to someone about it, that it was on my mind, that when he said that, I was like, I'm going to talk about that now, and I'm going to write it right the fuck now. And I went in the room, and I wrote it, and I was like, this is fucking incredible. Yeah, you were in the zone. You know what I mean? I was like, dude, wait till I do this joke. And like, mm-hmm. dude, I've shared this joke with close people, and they're like, you shouldn't do that joke. Like, you shouldn't talk about that on stage. And I'm like, no, that's where you're wrong. That's why I'm the comedian and you're not. Yeah. Because you're the dude that won't talk about that and I'm the dude that will. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's the difference between me and you. And guess what? I know it's pre it's predetermined. I know that when I do that joke, people that have had that type of experience are going to be like, "Yo, that joke really fucking t-. I already know, bro. Like, you know, I already know that that moment happened for a reason, that the joke was written for a reason. Like, it's like I'm like ex- I haven't been this excited about a joke ever mm-hmm. and let me tell you something 80% of the people in any room when I do this joke and I'm going to do it a thousand times are going to be uncomfortable when I tell the joke but the 20% that isn't is who I wrote it for yeah you know what I'm saying yeah, and, like yeah, that, yeah. and that's that's how I look at all of this shit you know what I mean and I think that it's not jokes for jokes it's, it's it has meaning and it has a source and it's it's what it's supposed to be That's it, man. I mean, if if art isn't about fucking exuding your deepest, darkest secrets so you can feel at peace, and other people taking that and being like, "Wow, maybe I can talk about mine," like that, then what the fuck are we here for? Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, at least for me, that's that's a comedy is for me. That's what people like Dave Chappelle and Louis C.K. do every fucking day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know. So, I mean, uh, another thought I had was this is gonna this is like we're not off subject, but we're taking a little turn here. Being a French person from France, why are you guys, especially in the electronic genre, the best? I don't think we are. I'm not saying the best, we but are, why do you like your pro? Like the, there's I, something about French producer DJ artists that are that are to me like a higher brow of of than most other artists, in my opinion. I have my own little theory about this, but it's it's it will make sense hopefully. So when you take France geographically, it's uh, it's crossroads. It's a Latin country, but it's also uh, a Nordic kind of Nordic German influences too in the mm-hmm. north. So we always have been for for centuries that crossroads land, and I think France and French artists today, we 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 take. I don't. I don't want to say we take, but we we take something from not from here, 
and we make it our own. We digest the, the, the music that we hear. For, for instance, let's say the French, uh, French house. They say it's, 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 it's own thing, but it comes from funk, from soul, from, from sampling. So it's related to hip hop as well. And I think <laughs> we might be the, the biggest, uh, um, not crooks, but we, <laughs> you pull from shit. Yeah. That's, that's, but for, that's, that's like for the, sure. But we create something else. It's actually interesting though. Cause like, I mean, it's interesting as you say, so you're saying it's cultural and geographical. I think so. So the multicultural aspect. So it's basically kind of like New York, you mm-hmm. know, in the Northeast. The reason why the Northeast, not too narrow horn, I'm from Boston, which is like the shittier version of New York, but to in this respect. And it's like, you know, the Northeast is a melting pot of a lot of different people. And yeah. that's why a lot of dope art comes from there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, there's not a, I mean, there's artists that come from all over the world, but I think that you're right. That, that, and after being in Paris a lot and spending time with you guys and, seeing the real side of Paris, not just like the fucking Eiffel Tower and like mm. the Louvre and shit. Like yeah. Paris is very diverse. It is. And has a lot of different it's diverse in people and culture. It's diverse in like how shit just looks. You know you know what I mean? Like it's like it's a very diverse, interesting, different style play. Very there's a lot of country places, a lot of tra- shitty places, ghettos. There's yeah. you know places that look like beautiful and artistic, and places that look run down and shitty and dumpy. And like I mean, it's like it's like New York, man. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, and to me, I see I, my my generation of 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 artists. I think we just um, we're just fascinated by everything that that, and we we are, we are great craftsmen. I think I think as well. Right now in the house music, French house music scene, there's a lot of young, talented people, more than you will ever know. And this is, to me, this proves my kind of proves my point. We are great, great, great craftsmen, and we can, we are aware. We we don't we're not afraid to go sample uh, something from from far. Yeah. We respect the music, but we we want to make it our own. Like it, like um. Well, I don't know if that's true for everybody though. Like that's like you guys, like you and Snake, and a people. lot of people. You think a lot from our think, our generation. Yeah, you think so? I think so. I mean, you know more than me, so I think so. You think that like the dad? I'd like punk to think so. Like that? <laughs> that I mean, I'm not familiar with what they use with who. What about Daft Punk and people like that? There's, there's. I think they're a true example of that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know more about the subject than me, but I always, I was just, I'm just always like, these artists are dope as shit in that genre, and I'm like, they're French, like pretty much every fucking time. That's the easiest answer. You know, like, oh, they're French. Of course they are. They're French. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's crazy how different. Like, Boston's known for comedians. Yeah, Boston's grooms and breads fucking funny dudes, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's like by a coincidence. Like, when you go to Boston or hang out with a bunch of Boston dudes, you see how like obnoxious, loud, ruthless, honest they are. Like, it's yeah. just like a way of life. You yes. know what I mean? And like, so it's not a coincidence that comedians from Boston are great. And the you know, um, speaking of which, how is it for you being a reserved guy? Mm-hmm. And it. I'd say reserve is probably the best. Yeah, because I'm not shy. I'm you're uh, not shy. I'm, you're reserved. Yes, and I'm like a fucking loudmouth maniac. And for years, not not a maniac, but like you know, I'm very outspoken. Oh yes, you are. Very yeah, I'm crazy. I'm crazy to a certain degree. 
And especially at work, especially like doing yeah. shows, I'll fucking choke a stage manager out in three seconds. You know, like I'll get angry and drop a hat. But outside of the stage stuff, like what was it like for you, especially in the beginning? Now we know each other really well. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, to what was it like for, to be a reserved to guy me, to travel with a fucking obnoxious Bostonian? And a lot of times it was only me and you. you know, it was I, It was always great. I mean, by that. I'm always looking for what I'm not. I don't I don't I don't look I I will never look for somebody who is similar to me. That's that doesn't interest me. I I'd like to think I know myself a little bit. So I want to I want to experience something else. And I think like magnets, the opposites they they attract. So I think it was it was a great relationship, work relationship that we we had and um to me that was great from the from 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 the start from the beginning yeah man me too i feel like i I learned a lot i mean i've specifically and i told you this and i even told i even told snake this at one point recently too it's like you guys as a whole Mm -hmm. all of you you know all of the part of my french guys worked you each individually each all together Mm -hmm. you know and and maybe this is a french thing too it's like you guys the way you guys attack your artistry from like a brand perspective that highbrow thing that i'm talking about, like french people always seem like they're on a high level especially in the electronic world it's like i'm not put i'm not going to put anything out as a comedian that isn't good yeah people might not like it but i know that it's not bad you mm-hmm. know what i mean like it's oh, like yeah. it, 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 i don't know if that makes sense unless you're an artist that you guys makes- only put out good shit like you're not mm-hmm. putting out you might bring a videographer and shoot a fucking dope video but if you don't think that it's dope it's not seeing the light of day no you know, never you know what I mean? yeah i feel like now it's 2020 and people are just like content 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 and it's sh- and it sucks it is. And just like, I gotta put something out today. I gotta put out a photo. I gotta put out an answer story. I gotta put out a video. It's like, no, your shit's trash. That's Wait sad. a week, make something that actually fucking matters. Yeah. And people will think is good and then put it out. You know what I mean? It's like, and I learned from you guys that that's the game you play. Less is more if it's good, man. I think, I think that's, I think you said it all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's a different approach. Some people just fucking pound what they're doing down your throat and it works for them. You know what I mean? And like, I like to think that, like, you know, although my style isn't highbrow, my style is very fucking commoner. You know, <laughs> you know if that's the right word, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> very like, yeah, hey, we just got off the boat from LSI when I want a fucking piece of bread, you fucking cocksucker. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, like, you know, I'm not saying my art's highbrow, but I take, like, a highbrow perspective of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, and I'm not even trying to shit on other dudes' podcasts. I listen to other comedians' podcasts, and I'm like, this is fucking garbage. Dude's just trying to be funny, mm-hmm. laughing about nothing. Like mm-hmm. everyone's laughing, like yeah, about some shit that's like not even funny. Because they're like, oh, this is a comedian's podcast. We're supposed to be. We funny. have to laugh. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's like, dude, I, I do whole podcast. No one even fucking laughs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I, to me, I'm trying to do something bigger. Yeah, and guess what? This, most of the time, the sad things makes you laugh the most. Of course, man. And I, I, don't, I don't even think that like. To me, comedy isn't about making people laugh per se. Mm-hmm. I think, at, at least for me, I, it's I, put, putting things at odd. 
it's just making people fucking think about something and be yeah. like, oh, I never thought about it like that. Mess with their minds. Or I never noticed that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that. Or I never thought that would come from you. You know what I mean? Like, or wow, you think that? Like th- things are, oh, I can think that. And people, like he just said it. I thought it. Never said it. But he said it. So maybe it's all right. You know what I mean? Like that type of shit. But to com- comedy to me is so, is so complex and powerful in a, in a sense that it's about the content. It's about the delivery. It's about the setup. And it's about the personality of who, who's speaking. So many variables. It's, to me, when when th- something's right, man, it's genius. I mean, the best jokes write themselves. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, hundred percent to me. Like when I try, like the to best, write a jo- like the best songs. Yeah, exactly. Like fifteen minutes, song. I I could I could tell you some stories. I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> the hits came from nothing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And it's like that's just the way it works. To me, that's the way it works. It's like a moment that happens. And you're just like, and you know it's gonna work, and you know people. I don't know about you, but I know when some shit's gonna work. I think I'm like, sure you guys know, like, oh, I got a record. Like, we are like big antennas, and we are everything that that is on the ground. It messes with our mind, and we're not capable most of the time to 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 attract the the ideas. But when we and when everything is clear, and we have that antenna still on, always it's always on. But you need to be. We, we need to be open to, to attract those those ideas. And I think, yeah, it's it's all a matter of of being ready. You got to do the work for those moments to even happen. You got to do the work, and you, know you have I mean? you have to enjoy it, or it's not for you. I mean, my, myself, I've hit a moment, and I'm sure you've hit a moment at making music. I, I had a moment recently where I'm like, dude, I'm confident enough to go on any stage with no fucking jokes and just say what I think. That's the confidence I was talking about earlier. Like when you when you think that. You know that you are that at at that level. No one, you, no one can tell you nothing. Or when you're just on a wave. Sometimes you're just you just know. I'm sure you would do this when mm-hmm. you're making music. Is like you just know. Like I'm like I'm on a heater. Yes. You know, you know what I mean. Like, I, like anything I make right now is kind of fire. You know. You know what I mean. And like, for three weeks you will be. You will tell yourself, "Oh, I, I, I suck every day." Yeah, yeah. How can I change exactly, this? Exactly. I mean, dude, I go weeks where I'm like, I don't want to fucking do comedy. Dude, why do I do this? This shit gives me anxiety and it makes me fucking hate myself. And yeah. people don't think I'm funny and I'm just embarrassing and I'm telling people personal things. And like, I have a family and like, fuck, what am I doing? You know what I mean? And then I'm on a week where I'm like, dude, I'm fucking unstoppable. You I think it's, I mean? a, it's all the time, it's a roller coaster for every artist. It's true. I think, I mean, that's the funnest part. Mm really is like the ride of the up and down you know what when, I mean? when you're at the bottom it's not fun <laughs> it's not fun at the bottom but I, but you learn a lot from the yeah. bottom you know i mean and i think the bottom definitely makes you like ready for when the top happens you know you're not mm-hmm. like you're not surprised and yeah. you could also go back to that any minute which is crazy you know I'm, and i'm kind of surprised that i was never surprised about what happened to me to me everything felt like a almost logical progression because really? i i i know i put in the work in the first place. Did you ever doubt that it wasn't going to turn into that? I'm sure. A long time ago. And then I had this this very big talk with, uh, with with Snake. He told me, trust me. Trust me. Work with me. We'll get there. And guess what? That's what happened. I'd go on stretches where I'm like, I want to write this thing. I want to write these jokes. I want to write this short. I want to work on the script. And I just couldn't. You know what I mean? Whether it was like self-doubt, a fucking laziness, mm-hmm. or like distraction or whatever. And right now, dude, I could just do 
fucking anything. Like, I, I, I'll, like, I'll just fucking knock out tasks. I'll write four jokes. I'll work on a fucking script. I'll go shoot a fucking show at the in-crowd shit. I'll do my fucking podcast. I'll walk my fucking dog. I'll take care of my fucking daughter. I'll put her to bed. I'll fucking write another joke. Execute. Like, like it's like, dude, and, and it's mm-hmm. like, not, and it doesn't even feel like I'm doing anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, this is what I do. I'm a machine. This yeah. is like, like I just do all of these things because I, I have momentum. Mm-hmm. I think all of this shit is about momentum, man. It I, is. I think complacency... And stagnant, being stagnant is like is dangerous, man. You know, like, it's like you gotta like you gotta keep with the momentum, dude. You know, and like right now, I'm like, yo, I'm not letting my fucking foot off the gas. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't let my foot off the gas. All the, I'm just doing. I'm like every idea, I'm doing it. 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 Now I don't have to put it out. I want no. that from you guys. I don't it's, have to put it's it out. Diff- it's different. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's just, but I gotta do it. You know what I mean? Because if I keep doing it, I'll I'll always do it. And if I always do it, I'll have something dope sometime. You you give your best to the people, to your audience, to the world, but you keep making the the, the most things. And to me, that's that's how I work as well. It's like a lot of ideas. And I know most of them, they're going to be stuck in my laptop forever. That's fine. I'm fine with that. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about one more thing before we go because people don't know this about me and you. But dude, I've had some of the best meals of my life with this guy. <laughs> I mean, me and this guy have eaten food in the across the entire world at the craziest places. And you know what? The whenever I think when I think about my greatest meals in life, because a lot of people ask you when you they know you've traveled a lot. Yeah. Oh, where's your favorite place to play, place you ate? A favorite restaurant? Oh, what city's the best? You know, whatever. I, mean, I have a bunch of different answers. Mm-hmm. Two meals stand out to me with you. I don't know why I'm talking about food right now, but I kind of have to. The Indonesian lunch. Oh, I mean, that shit's like, yeah. I don't even know what we had. I know we had the soup that didn't even make sense how no, good it was. We had the full table, everything. We had everything. Everything, man. All this Indonesian food. I don't even know what the fuck it's called. It was so good. The ironic thing is that we had a liaison for that festival, and they ended up being from, they went to college in Boston, which is yeah. like so fucking weird. And then they took us to this restaurant. I have a picture of the restaurant in my phone still. They're like, whenever anyone's in Jakarta, I'm like, go to this place. Guess what? I don't need a picture. I have still my memories yeah. of exactly how how the dishes were. Yeah, it's it was and it had amazing. like a garden in the back. Yes, and there was no people. There. No people. There was no not one. a single human other than our table in this no, restaurant. By no the way. one. And it was the best meal I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. And the second, I think the second one is the place that Eric suggested. My brother in Buenos Aires. Remember that that steak Ooh, place, bro? Yeah, that like, was good. <laughs> e, what's that place called? Look up Buenos Aires best can... steak. Best Look it up, and it was owned by a professional soccer Argentinian soccer player. I know that. There, a chorizo steak is like the fucking best steak you've ever had in your life. Yeah, you pair that with the right wine. Let me tell you, it's it, it's e, heaven. You're, e, you're killing me that you don't know the name of this place. It's been a while. It's been a while. Oh come on, man! I'm fine in this place. You know, funny thing is, whenever... La Brigada, bro. La Brigada. La Brigada. Yes. Come on, man. I looked at it. Why did I put it in Pro Sock? Ready? La Brigada. If you ever go to Buenos Aires, go there. You got to eat at La Brigada. Yeah. The best fucking meal of your life, aside from Jakarta's lunch. Mm-hmm. The only the only thing I think about when I have the, the question, where do you like to play the most? My automatic answer is, I have more memories of, of the restaurants that I've been <laughs> than the festival. traveling down to festivals, actually. And... Yeah, to me, to me, 
I mean, this is yeah, food is is so important. When, also, when, when you're traveling, it, it we is. also take. I mean, at least for me, you're the artist, so it's different. But like, I take that shit for granted, dude. Being on a festival stage with forty thousand people is like, yeah, whatever. I'm on my phone, like texting my mother, like let's get the fuck out of here. You know, what I, mean? you know what I, mean? I literally don't care. I'm like looking up the restaurants. I don't give yeah. a shit. You know what I mean? Like, I, there's moments where I feel inspired. And I'm like, Joe, Charmy's killing it. This is a vibe. Like, people are having the best moment of their life. That happens like sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's rare. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. just fucking cares about the shit. Let's get in the car. You know, is the car ready? I'm looking at the liaison chick. Like, is the car ready? Get the fuck out of here. I yeah. mean, <laughs> that's just me. Yeah, but you you do your job. It's, yeah, it's my job. Yeah, you know, but you're on, you're on it. but some of them are great. You know, so there's definitely moments. I think the tours, the bus tours we did, were a lot more definitely like connected for me. Intimate, intimate with uh, with the public. It's it's really good to present your music in such a way that they can experience it the way it's intended to be. You know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, the Coachella performance is the, goes down in history. Yes. I mean, yeah. walking. Walk I remember we, like, parted the fucking sea in the <laughs> back of the Sahara tent. We, like, whipped the two fences open, and we had a fucking... Uh, a choir. A choir, like, 35 and fucking people. And the smoke on the, on the ground. And, um, yeah, I was, I was wearing... I, I reversed the colors. I was, I was wearing white with yeah. black collar. And I remember e, we didn't even have this in the plan because it kind of happened late for us to be in charge of the production is that we didn't have any floor fog like planned in the production and then we like saw that someone else had it and like negotiated with them to use it and it yeah. really made the stage look like heaven for the priest you know what i mean no that was that was the move and i mean dude great i'm sure i can't even imagine what that moment was like for you um, I, i i don't have any word for that but i'm i still i have the the video of the whole thing uh in in on my in my laptop and i still cannot watch it because i cannot stand myself on camera Because you thought you sucked. Yeah, I, uh, it's weird to watch yourself. On it's camera. just weird. It's yeah. just super weird. Went, well, you were on. You were booked on Coachella this year. Yep. The year that never happened. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, at least you got that church one to look back on. <laughs> this one ain't happening, bro. We're in a second. Guess what? It ain't happening in 2021 either. Look the album one more time. Year Zero, Chami. Year Zero, album of the year. And it's genre as far as I'm concerned. Um, album top five albums of the year period let's see what happens man I, i can't wait to watch it grow i think people are still as popular as you are in your world i think people are sleeping on this album still hey it's a grower i think it's a grower man i think it's a grower but uh, yeah we wish you nothing but the best obviously love you man you know we'll see you guys next week thanks Peace. for having me talking shit with bye-bye.